Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie, and we're joined by a special guest tonight. We have a fourth comm major. I mean, I don't really count. So we have <laughs> well, a third, really a third comm, comm major. major. David, comm major David is joining us He's tonight. He's an actual comm major. He's Maybe our first guest comm, comm major. major. Yeah. We should I make that one. a requirement. Did we, we have any other they're, comm majors They're usually before? free. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have a lot of time, usually. We're watching movies and TV. Yeah, that's... So that's works very appropriate for us. I, <laughs> I couldn't disagree. Uh, so we are very excited today to be looking at Regina King's directorial debut, newly released, as in like a couple of weeks ago, uh, One Night in Miami. But first... As always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have this evening? I went with the, I, I ran out of uh, bitters this week, but I was able to Amazon like next day was a prime. Wow. Love it. So mm-hmm. I got some God bless them. Black walnut bitters. It's back. Old fashioned. Mm. They're it. the best bitters. They are. <laughs> it's, they are kind of life changing. Is it a certain brand just to, it's so Fee people Brothers. can know here? Okay. Fee, F-E-E. Mm-hmm. In case people want their bidders. Yeah. There you go. There's the recommendation. Um, so cool. I asked our commenters for recommendations. I got recommendations about uh, Palomas, which I love. I love a Paloma. Love my tequila and grapefruit. Most people went with the Miami theme. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Miami theme. I, I got a got. like nice. pina colada. Nice. I guess the, there's a drink called a Miami, which is a pina colada daiquiri blend. Okay. It sounds delicious. Yeah. I didn't have any of those materials. I say, um, but yeah, I actually like did take a lot. I did purchase something specifically for this movie. I made myself a vanilla milkshake. Oh in, nice. In honor yeah. of the film. Um, That's right. That's right. Of course there's a little a little bit of something extra in there, but it but nobody <laughs> needs to know that. It's just vanilla ice cream and some ice, which apparently is a no no when you're making a milkshake. Yeah. Do you, you don't put you don't ice, put ice in does, it? Does, does, do you, does, am I weird that I don't put ice in a milkshake? Can I be honest well, that I don't know if like, I've ever made a milkshake? <laughs> well well like I worked at Wawa for like matter of fact, Katie, the one that's down the street from the school. We are um, not about to talk about whether Wawa <laughs> is the place that makes milkshakes. All, 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 all I'm saying is working there, like I'm familiar with ice going in like everything. Thank you. Yeah. So this is foreign to me, not hearing that all ice. Right. Commenters and other people that may have the the twenty five people that listen on a di- mm-hmm. on, on a regular basis. Yep. We need to know: Are people putting ice in their milkshakes? Ice in your milkshake or no? I thought that was the whole like point of like why. I thought it like, made it know, extra icy. Like the, yeah, wouldn't it consist? Exactly. I I kind of I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I don't want no. to make a milkshake. Well, this is but delicious. I'm thinking, well, what do they do at like an ice cream place? They put ice cream and milk, and they blend the shit cream? out of it. Do you think it's just a, <laughs> that's it? It's just ice, ice cream? cream though? Yes, it's Let's just see. ice well, cream. It's like so melted ice cream. My mind is blown now. Mm-hmm. That's same, wow. David. I put the ice cubes right? in, and he looked at me like I was like not of this family. Like, who are you? I need to hear Amy, Amy Leahy O'Rourke. I someone is some, out there. Someone's an expert. Somebody yeah, who's listening. We need to know ice or All no. Right. All right, uh, David. What are you drinking? Uh, you know what? I did not know that we were doing that. I'm but, sorry. Uh, no, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, if you have a glass okay. of water, whatever, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I had a, uh, Diet Coke, I had, let's say, uh, a spiked Pepsi. ginger ale. All right. There you go. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Ginger ale is the best. <laughs> uh, and I am uh, 
able I was able to find a the 20th anniversary of my one of my favorite breweries, Moat Mountain, which yeah. I've had on the show. Uh-huh. It's their 20th anniversary this year, and they had a special double IPA release. Is it oh. a gold can? It's very shiny. Kind of, yeah, kind of it's a like gold. a brass. Yeah, it looks, it's like it's a kind of, looks like a it's trophy. Kind of a Miami color scheme. Yeah, to you notice? Yeah, how it feels appropriate. It's very cool. Yeah, it's very yeah, regal to it. Uh, great, great place to go. I like it. Um, you know, love it. Great place. Uh, mm. Okay, it is time for the rundown. Uh, so this rundown is like not like my usual rundowns. This is like pretty serious. This is like. So you mean you're going to know the character's name, yeah. what the movie is yeah. about, yeah. and I took this one really why seriously. it's important. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it's that's, typed. Okay, so. I wrote it ahead of time. I consulted facts. Uh, <laughs> all the words are mine, but I made sure that I got it right. So okay. here we there go. We go. <clears throat> Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, and Cassius Clay walk into a motel room. No, this is not the start of a joke. It is the premise of One Night in Miami, a Kemp Powers play turned Regina King directed feature film. In 1964, the men gather for Cassius's match against Sonny Liston, from which he emerges heavyweight champion of the world. Instead of the party that the men expect to follow, they engage in a heated discussion over the relationships with each other and the world, their responsibilities as leaders of the black community. A story told primarily in dialogue One Night in Miami imagines the personal struggles of four larger-than-life legends of American history. I wanted to get it right. That one, it felt like I needed to get it right. Type of effort in every week. Imagine if I tried that hard. You did not speak. (laughs) You did not speak of Big Trouble in Little China like that. No. Your nor should you. Let's say that right off the bat. You should not. Description of the notebook did not meet that. Of course, you also did not know that the character's name in Gross Point Blank's last name was Blank. Yeah, I didn't. I I like half pay attention to most of the movies that we watch, and I usually refuse to look anything up and watch and write the rundown as we are going live. Ah. I really took this seriously. I took okay. this one seriously. So, Katie, can you tell us why David's here? Yes. Yeah, so, our guest tonight, David, um, is a friend, a coworker who I love talking movies with. And I have to, I have some confessions to make, David. Um, okay. You have been guiding my viewing experience because I've enjoyed your social media reviews on the shows and movies that you've been watching. And you are the reason that we finally watched Lovecraft Country. Uh, awesome I loved show, awesome. watch. I loved listening to your reviews of Watchmen, which again I think was partially your recommendation was why we watched it. Um, and so I've just I've enjoyed your perspective on films. We talked about the Five Bloods. We talked about Tenet. Uh, mm-hmm. But your review of this film is what pushed me to. We changed our. Our January film list. I said we got, we got to get this guy in. We got to wow. we got to watch this That's, movie. Thank you. High praise. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate it. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read what you wrote that yes. got my attention, and then we'd love for you to start us off on okay. uh, what what you think about this film. So David wrote, "Must see movie. Period. Hauntingly beautiful and raw. Superb acting and directing by Regina King and the talented writing of Kemp Powers." Being black in America, both outside and inside our communities, feels nearly like an eternal struggle that this film accurately depicts. 
oftentimes a privilege and a burden at the same time. I give my thanks to all that brought this incredible movie to life. All right, David. Ooh, we That's got a grade. Pretty for us, amazing. <laughs> pretty amazing <laughs> review. More powerful than the grade. So what's the grade for uh, one night I, Miami? Got to got to be the highest. You know, yeah. uh, A plus um, across the charts. I mean, and I think certainly just starting off on there. You know, it's a kind of different movie experience. You know, I, I think oftentimes, and it would make sense because it was based off of a play. You know growing up kind of understanding some format of like how plays are done, you know, right. There's, you know, the scenes aren't exactly the most exciting. It's about the characters. And so, you know, coming from a guy that like loves, obviously like a lot of the, you know, the popcorn flicks, the blockbusters, the sci-fi, the, the, even the, you know, slapstick comedies here and there, like the idea of like a film being literally just like really four guys and they're really in a room and really trying to engage and entertain an audience transferring it from play to film is like, that's, that's just a Herculean effort. Um, no matter who's in the room. So I, I thought that was pulled off very well. Um, you know, lived up to the premise. Um, obviously I feel like in a lot of ways, timely and, and those kinds of things I think really can help certain films, especially in these, in the Oscar season. I mean, I think this one's probably like a clear possible best picture contender even, uh, depending on like, you know, how the Academy goes and how they vote. Uh, and then just, you know, Regina King is just, she is just on a roll, you know? Um, I don't think there's anything she can not touch that will turn into gold right now. So yeah. is she like, by the way, <laughs> she doesn't age. She is the female Paul age. Rudd. Like, yes, looks exactly the same. <laughs> she looks the same. In the, Rudd, uh, she looked the same. Is she in, a Scientologist? Do we need to no. in <laughs> Watchmen? They all, they conspiracy? <laughs> she looks the same in the Watchmen. Which was filmed probably like a year and a half ago, two years ago, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and she did in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, which was yeah, exactly you know, and all this stuff. Everything she I, does, she looks. Uh, yeah. she's tiny. She, yeah, has she's not flawless. aged at all. I'm, just, yeah, I'm going back, you know, all the way to like the days like when she was like on films like Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just like you're like wow, you yeah. know, and that she kind of has like that glare, that kind of stare thing she does, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, we, we call it like the sister look, um, sister night. you know, she just, <laughs> yeah. Right. See, it's amazing though. Like how that happens. Like, can you believe that like 20 years after those kinds of things of like film she's done and just been an actress in that she's here. It's like, it just, it shows that evolution and she's like old school. Yeah. Right? But if like, she was I mean, a white dude, she could have done a movie right after Jerry Maguire. She could have had oh, her, she could have been the star. Yeah. It, 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 it's quite possible. And, and I mean, she, she just knows so much like about the industry, yeah. you know, being a, being a kid actor, you know, two, two, seven. I mean, <laughs> it just, it just goes, it just goes for days, you know, like my education, even on her, you know, cause my parents like watched shows that she, uh, she was in and stuff. So it, it's, it's, it's just really awesome. Well, and I didn't uh, know how much directing she was doing. This is her first feature film, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize how many TV episodes she yes. was directing in the meantime. Yes. I didn't mention our shared love, shared love for this is us. Mm -hmm. Hashtag Randall and Beth goals for life. I yeah. had no idea that she, <laughs> she directed an episode of that. She direct, what else was she direct? There's like, 12 
you know 12 what? shows she's been directing on. And, yeah. and you'd never know, right? I mean, because, you no. know, obviously with TV directing, you know, you really like, if you're not like really like paying attention to the credits of a show, you yep. could totally miss oh, her totally. name. You'd be like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah. did she really? Well, that's like uh, Carl Weathers is that. He's another yeah. one. You'd never think Carl Weathers, but he did Mandalorian and he's done yeah. tons of TV. Well, it's Katie- actually better, they say, for some of them, because when you want to act, being a feature director takes... Yeah. You know, it could sometimes take two years, whereas you mm-hmm. can prep and do a TV show and mm-hmm. still act and you're able to start out that way until you find something you really want to direct. Katie yeah. was not a comm major. And so it was only this past year because of <laughs> one of our guests that I learned that often within a TV show, every episode is directed by somebody different. That was news to me. Yes. I had well, no yeah, idea. It, I didn't know. The they go depends. through cycles, but it's it's yeah. rare that they yeah. would do like consecutive shows yeah didn't know i didn't know those limited series right yeah exactly like usually those um i've I've noticed it seems like with oftentimes a lot of like your bbc shows like your peaky blinders um you know your luthers like sometimes they'll like have like the same person direct at least that's what i've noticed um but it's like yeah like it just like it's like a fraternity just come in and out you know um and going back real quick with carl weathers i mean the episodes he's done on the Mandalorian have been like some of the most exciting. They're so awesome. you just find yourself like, wait a minute, you just got done being in that awesome episode and you directed it. It's That's like, so cool. Oh yeah. There's so many. Dude, of them we have so many shows to talk about. Yeah. We, but, but about no. Luther, Let, I, I will say like, Luther while we're, while amazing. we're on this Regina King, the, this we've done a few movies that are plays turned into film. Yeah. This I think is the best hands down best one the only one that brian will probably hold it up to and rightly so a few good men is an exceptional play turned movie yes Yes. Yes. you know i have to be i have to be fair i feel like i feel like they purposely made that as more of a movie than a play i wonder if it is following the exact that was also like a vehicle for a star which i think changes that was clearly Mm -hmm. like a tom cruise movie and jack nicholson movie so i feel like they were given a bigger budget probably and more leeway to turn it from what it was i also don't think as a social comment it's it's i don't believe it's necessarily a social commentary which you know i think Fences more was Ma yeah. Rainey when you see that this so I think it probably had more leeway sure to deviate probably from what yeah. maybe Aaron Sorkin thought it would be I think this this movie demonstrates what what you guys thought was the you know the low point or the the hole in the, in the production of Fences which is that you can stay consistent to the script and then also you know, allow the, the the cinematic experience to shine. And so we, you know, we mm-hmm. see the intro to the film, the those, yeah, those first few yeah, scenes in this lot. movie. Yeah, and then the package at the end is, I mean, mm-hmm. it just leaves you raw, right? Like, yeah. and I don't know how the play ends, you know, like I would, I would love to see right. the script and how they wrap it up on stage. I would, um, I would wonder if probably because, um, you know, Ken Powers is going from writing that play to then screenwriting this film. It probably is, you know, mostly similar, um, you know, probably just having that kind of luxury, right? Cause that's not always a luxury to adapt something that you wrote. Yeah. So I, I would think probably like, it, you know, it's not too far off well, and, 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 and yeah, and going off, uh, I think the other point that was made, um, 
probably why, you know, she purposely went out to not cast like really big name actors for these roles. Right. I mean, yeah. um, like, like I remember, I think in one of the production things, she was, you know, Regina King said like, Oh, I, I made like whoever was interested, I made them audition. Yeah, you know, she I didn't, she didn't reference. Yeah. Right. Like she didn't yeah, reference she didn't like big names, which yeah. of course we would have all liked to know, like who didn't want to audition. Cause they thought they just had it. Um, but she's such a professional, of course. But um, you know, I, I think that was a situation where it really, really worked, you know, because I, like I saw most offenses, um, you know, it's not probably like a particular movie I'm the most fond of, sure, even though I'm a huge Denzel fan, but um, you could totally see where, right, you got Denzel, you got Viola Davis, right? Does that kind of almost take away source material? Do you adapt things because, yeah. well, you got, you got the opportunity to have Denzel and Viola yeah. in your film, right? Yeah, no, so we talked it, about that. That it was hard to disconnect right. Denzel from the character, you know, just because yeah. it's Denzel. And then finding out <laughs> that know? the original cast on Broadway was James, James Earl Jones. Jones. And yeah. I'm like, then you imagine totally James Earl Jones character. in that role. Yeah. yeah. Right, just, right. But no, I mean, looking up this cast, so Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, and and uh, Lance Reddick. You know, we we love Lance Reddick. He's he's yeah. Zavala to me. Uh, all right, all right. He's Daniel. He, he's in to Destiny. Most of us. Uh, he's Lieutenant Daniels. Yeah. Lieutenant Daniels from The Wire. So yes. those were the two folks that I knew. You know, the other three main characters, I just thought, like, you know, I'm not the most well watched of the mm-hmm. com majors. I thought, you know, they must have been in stuff that I haven't seen. But yeah. a, but a lot of they're a lot of them are they're stage roles. actors or they've been well, in smaller yeah. things. Hodge has been in some stuff. Yeah, but again, I think he, he was, he was be, probably the most. He was in yeah, um, everybody probably. Most exposed, right? I recognized yeah. him from uh, Black Mirror. He's yes. in an yes. episode of Black Mirror yes. that's excellent. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's and it's so funny with that. Like so, the only reason why I know um uh oh hold on one second I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I get their names right. We got we got uh, them who, who are you looking Which for? Which one yeah. do you need? Uh, Kingsley Benadire. Kingsley <laughs> yes. Benadire. Okay. Noel. The only reason why I know him <laughs> is because of um he was on Peaky Blinders. Yeah. You know, you, you look, you know, Piggy Blinders, there's not too many black people on that show, so you kind of just remember, you know. <laughs> but no, he, he actually did a terrific job in that movie. Like, I, I, I'm i sorry, a show. I thought that was awesome. Um, and then the other thing that was really interesting, because I'm a person when it comes to, like, actors, like, I can remember a face more so than the name. Um, the guy that played uh, Cassius Clay slash Ali, Eli Gorey, I forgot that he started on Riverdale. Which is oh, a show, you know, a lot of the young people. It. Yeah, the watch. Yeah, so he played this one, yeah. guy named Mad Dog, which is funny because he plays a underground fighter. Oh. I know <laughs> on a teenage show, it's complicated. Don't let me explain mm-hmm. it. It'll take forever to mm-hmm. make sense of. But yeah, so this is this is like a huge role for that yeah. guy because mm-hmm. you know, like going from from Riverdale, like a show like that, and and doing a movie like this. I mean, so so many of them are just like stars in the making, I think, from this film. He was and great. Even going back to oh, uh, yeah. Ben Kingsley, he also played Obama on the Comey rule. He, there are moments That's where certain. he's channeling Obama yeah, in his Malcolm I, X. So I didn't know Absolutely. that, David. I yeah. said it to I Jim. To I was like, so when they too. make when they make the Barack Obama <laughs> exactly. movie, it's going to be him, right? All right, so Jim and Katie grades. Ooh. Jim DeSanto. I'm going, I, you know, this is like one of those movies where I'm going to look back on it. I, I'm going to go B plus. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. For me. Yep. It's hard. So David, we've just started doing this in the past few episodes. And so this is our third movie of the year. And okay. just to give you some framework of where we've been, we did Tenet. 
where okay. we were a little all over the place with Tenet. Um, oh boy. And yeah, then, must, must and then Rad, which is, I don't know if you know, a 1986 BMX <laughs> it's, a te- it's a terrible movie. It's pretty terrible. But it's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's hard. That's like the pressure of like, this is the third movie of the year. How high mm-hmm. do you go? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to give this an A minus. Okay. I feel like this is going to be one of my few A movies. I'm a much harder grader of films than I am of my students papers. I've realized okay. oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> much so easier I, to get an A. <laughs> I was wavering back and forth between a B plus and a B mm-hmm. uh, for for certain things. I, I think it's the 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 ideas of the movie sure some some are even more powerful than movie so i just want to kind of like detach that at some points Mm -hmm. but i think it could fall probably at a b plus with jim because i think when it works it it so works Mm -hmm. yeah and then the parts that i think maybe don't work as well are a result of having to place it all in one night Mm -hmm. and it being a play so i think that But there are some parts like to me, the ending and the montage at the ending and all of that is probably definitely bumps it up to a higher level. I think it falls sure. in this yeah. place where it's hard because you have to. I thought the beginning's a little chunky because they have to set up who everybody mm-hmm. is, which is a and goddamn shame because <laughs> everyone know, should he, just he effing just, know who they are. I, I, right. I have to be honest, but, Jim yeah. Brown was not somebody that I knew. No, but I, I, yeah, and I'm saying, no, See, she didn't but, know who Jim Brown, I but I will Brown. say, coming into this, ignorant myself i had no idea i assumed that some jackass white supremacist had killed malcolm x my entire life until really? like three days ago oh wow okay. i had no idea no you know the whole thing going no, on there with that i have never i'm coming clean never watched malcolm x which sure, you know sure. the, the spike lee film and it's, I think in school, we don't we hear about you learn this. everything be, about Martin Luther King. <laughs> I, I, I never thought I, and, and this isn't any, you know, not criticizing you guys at all. I, I think that is like one of the most fascinating things I think I've heard because yeah. um, growing up, you know, as a kid, it was just like, um, I mean, just, you know, how and the way he was murdered and by who, I mean, easily like one, probably like up there with like, who shot Kennedy, right? Like, like who, who well, killed, um, uh, oh, what, what's his, oh my goodness. What's his name? The, uh, it was, uh, Jack the, Ruby. The, the, the one, uh, with, uh, De Niro and Al Pacino that came out. Oh, uh, uh yeah. The, uh, what's his name? The, the right. Irishman. Right. The Irishman. And who, oh, Hoffa. who was the guy? Hoffa. 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 Yes. Hoffa. With Jimmy Hoffa. Like one of the most, like, yeah. I think hotly debated, like we still sort of don't know like who really pulled the trigger here or there sort of in, in a sort of sense it. there's a whole thing yes. about that stuff yeah that they, so that they have so it's it's fascinating yeah like it, it's just fascinating that like i mean as far as just iconic just yeah. leaders and how they've died like it's amazing that like yeah like some people probably but, even still yeah think that like a like a white person killed but um, were you learning that in your history uh, classes? I was in school. You I were? was definitely learning that in school. But, but that's a credit the, to the, the thing, institution though. that you went to, David. Here, here's the thing, right? <laughs> um, and and this is where certainly I feel like I would I would like to know prior to you know even going to Waldron as a student, you know, um, how were they being taught? Because I already got most of my like learning and history done before I went to Waldron. Like I went to Waldron in sixth grade, so I already knew 
a ton of things yeah. in everything, right? Like Black History Month wasn't like, oh, big surprise here or there, even though there are plenty of things I still didn't know. Um, but like when, you know, going, going in like, you know, predominantly black schools, you just had books everywhere, you yeah. know? You, 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 yeah. you kind of just had this like, like, I, you know, I don't even know what you really call it. Not like a shrine, but it's just like certain things and the imagery behind it. It's just, you just can't forget. And they taught us that. I don't know how early, um, yeah. but certainly it wasn't something where before I was 12 or 11, I knew about what happened to Malcolm X. Well, well that does- I, I should say this though, in, in probably teaching history, people would be surprised. The amount of any history kids are yeah. getting prior to middle school in this mm-hmm. country is shocking, yeah. like sh- shockingly less than you would. Yeah. Imagine. No. I well, ever, I think that's in the past a, few years, right? That they've shifted yeah. so much to math and language arts that I mean, you're just you get not kids, getting much. You'll get kids at the high school level who barely know a president. I, yeah. I will say it's I went to Waldron. The you know, let oh, alone you did? unless it's yeah. a holiday or something like. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Okay, Just till cool. seventh grade. Okay. It's a whole nice. thing. It's we can chat thing. about it. We can chat about <laughs> yeah, it offline. It's one of the tragedies <laughs> of his life. I'm not even kidding. It, um, <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. that he left. And I will say <laughs> that, that it, I was a terrible student. I will. So like this all could have been explained. It's just. I will not blame anyone but me for my lack of knowing that specific detail yeah i mean um, it, look it, it it's certainly you know important to know i think yeah regardless of even politics right well, i mean you know say what even his detractors would um agree on i mean he was a historical figure i think yeah. certainly in part of the things you know that i thought about talking about even with mlk right yeah he looms so much right you know x was kind of like the counterpoint yeah to all the great stuff that mlk did um it's just like yeah I it's, mean, it he, does play into that something like i i would be interesting to to i i saw your note about that and it is interesting it's sort of like and i i don't think that regina king shot away from it at all or mm-hmm. you know or um i already i forgot Ken powers name. Ken powers Yes. They really dive into whether like, like this movie is not about Malcolm getting these guys in a room and trying to force his message on them. Absolutely. And, not. I mean, that that is at the highest level. That is that is what he's trying to do. Right. In this movie, that character. And I'm not obviously that's a character. It's not really Malcolm X. It's right. it's a written character. Um, that's exactly what he's trying to do. But the film is really trying to like play with the idea of like all these really prominent black men at a specific time in our country where there was a a change, clearly not enough, but there Mm -hmm. was a churn of ideas and things, things were adapting and things were changing. Mm -hmm. And she, and the, the writer and the director are really playing with the idea of like who, you know, how each one of these guys had their own approach. None of them were ignorant to it. Like no. I think that's they even, were all making a conscious choice. Even though they they thought yes. each other were might have been ignorant to it. Sure. They they were they were making choices based on what they thought was appropriate at the time. And I think after this meeting, you know, they're playing with the idea of like how they all saw the other point of view and came to terms with like how different people have to handle such a shitty situation. 
yeah. right? Because I I immediately, as as someone who's a musician on the lowest possible level, thinking about Sam Cooke and like the idea that at that moment he owned all his music and the music of it was others. Wild. People didn't like. It's he was crazy. Smarter than and, all those people. And when you think time. about like the music to come, whether it's like more soul, it's Motown, it's hip hop, mm -hmm. it's the music that that permeates black culture is so important, right? It 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 permeates white culture. Like that that is that is where the Beatles and the Rolling Stones come from. Yeah, yeah. And so like, and that's where all the other bands come from is from the Beatles and the Rolling Stones on the on the white side, right? Like, yeah. And, and I had a class like that where we we went yeah. over um like the, just the history of just like music, folktales, yeah. blues, like how how that severely affected like american society even you know with 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 people you know colors and then whites right and and right and and trend transcending right like getting people to think i mean you know i i always kind of envy you know like i like i admire italian culture i admire greek culture right you 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 know growing up you you see all these like different like communities even though you have your own community you know um but you don't ever feel like i at least for me as a african-american like Oh, like I, I have like my own, like specific thing. You know, it, it it almost feels like black culture is in a lot of ways American culture. You know, so you can't really say like, oh, I'll just take this part of it and say this is just our ours. It's like no, like I I feel like we're we're one of the few where it's been just completely shared, and probably because we had no choice to, right? Like right. you know, it's just. We just made that happen and people really liked it. You know? Right. But, but Sam's point about like owning those songs and own and being yes. in yes. control of his own destiny yes. is such an important thing. You know, that thread passes on to Jim Brown. I mean, yep. whether it really happened in real life or not. And that's why Jim Brown decided to go fully into acting. Right. I don't know if, if it came from Sam Cook or whatever, but in this movie, it does. Like he, he takes that idea of like, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's so much to this movie. I, I don't, I wanted to talk about Jim Brown specifically because I think one of the most powerful scenes for me was when he's in the bathroom and he's hearing them talk about Cassius. I, and I forget the exact conversation, but the only thing I could think of is like the idea of professional sports and the kind of like, gotcha trap that it plays on on black athletes and oh. like and like i you know talking specifically about college football yeah like, mm -hmm. like and and Any college basketball college yeah yeah i mean those are the two big ones college football and college college basketball you know it, i i don't even know where to begin with it just that it's so i'm much, so man. i'm so, so happy that it that there was a thread in this movie that yes. sort of brought that up because it's not um, talked about enough. It's not talked yeah. about, and he he's realizing it. You know, obviously they threw that scene in the beginning to marginalize him even more. Sure, right, and where you know he's he goes to his basically his hometown, back to his hometown to speak to a prominent white guy, whoever the hell this mm -hmm. idiot is, and he won't let him in the house because he's African American. Um, even though he's praising him up and down about being yep. the leading it's rusher. 
It's that um, you, you still got to stay in your place, you know? Right, right. And, and, and Kent Powers talked about that that was actually a fictional event, right? There, there were a lot of historical things that really happened, and then there were things, you know, he, he played on, but he did say that, you know, he read Jim Brown's autobiography, and he talked about a somewhat similar situation and just being taken aback by it, like, wow. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be even twice or four times, three times wealthier than you, but I still feel so little. Um, and, and, and real quick, going back to about even just with sports athletes, just real quick, like I, I saw one of the most mind-blowing documentaries by um, Brian Gumble, where they were in these uh, D1 schools, like, you know, like your Florida's, your, your Ohio State's even, um, like just all kinds of colleges you can think of. And there's probably a story similar somewhere where a lot of these athletes, you know, predominantly black, of course, in terms of, you know, with football and stuff and everything, um, this guy was struggling to read a Dr. Seuss book in his dorm, um, you know, because they, they just relax the reading levels, right? They relax the ways that guys can graduate so then they can go and play for these colleges. And they also talked about how, like, oftentimes they're, they're pushing these young athletes to get a degree in like African-American history, which in itself isn't helpful in the job market per se, once they graduate, it's just deemed, well, you, you take this major cause it'll be easier for you and you should be able to, yeah. you know, pass with that. Yeah, so just, you can come to practice. We'll oh, need you to come to practice and we'll it tailor. Is awful. It is awful. And the only solution that I personally saw to that is, yeah, you should be playing, paying these athletes because you're not setting them up for college, right? You're not, you're not, you're not setting them up to actually use sports to, you know, get a better education. No, it's. And you're making millions off their back. And you're making millions off. Exactly. Yeah. You, if you even gave them 10% of what they probably right. make. I mean, the billions. Yeah. Billions, let's say billions. Because that's of dollars off people. What yes. I liked about, and this is where I think the movie is useful as a teaching tool mm -hmm. you know it's listen is a is a movie is it do the right thing in terms no but that's do the like, right I mean, thing is a fucking unicorn but, I, but I'm even it is an amazing that. film <laughs> I mean, even i compared to another one ma rainey i i enjoyed ma rainey as a film sure better than this film well viola davis so yes yeah. and chadwick boseman i should yeah. win the oscar in yeah. my opinion for it he's he's that good yeah, watch i think it. the performances yeah. in this movie are are really good but his mm -hmm. in that movie is well there well to be fair those characters in ma Rainey, they could do whatever, whatever they want totally fictional Agreed. yeah i totally was fictional. shocked because when this when i started watching this at my first reaction was like these guys are all pretty incredible the jim brown guy i was like eh. but then there was a moment where i was like oh no like he Oh, He's I the thought real deal. he was the same. Yeah. I thought he I actually thought the the now worst is a you know, I thought the Muhammad Ali was bordering a little bit too much on Charles Barkley. No, just like a, a Yeah, just the real Muhammad the Ali. Real Muhammad, which is yes. great. Right. Yes, Whereas yes, I felt yes. I know what you mean. Like the other portrayals and mm -hmm. like and why I think this is like such a great teaching tool when I teach history, we always try to talk about it is Things for most people, unless you teach and love history, are so distilled down yeah. to what you can explain yep. in like a Wikipedia opening, yep. not even like the whole Wikipedia page, mm -hmm. which is like part of the issue, I think, with Malcolm X, which is like the decision was made with Martin Luther King. 
that he was a great he was a great man but it was distilled that like the whole he would become reflective of the whole movement and even when he received um you know the oh god what am i when he won the what nobel Nobel peace prize yes and he was like i will accept this but i'm accepting this for the whole civil rights movement because i think he even realized at this time that it was more convenient to almost create him as like when we get these people like uh an abraham lincoln or george we don't make them people anymore Mm -hmm. and it just becomes a symbol and what i loved about this portrayal of malcolm x is i think it's the most human you'll have ever seen malcolm x Mm. portrayed in anything i think not and, and denzel's performance is so powerful in spike lee's movie but this is he's He's so human in this. And to me, he's probably mm-hmm. the second best performance I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Chadwick Boseman and anything has been his Malcolm and the way in which he was able to just give you those brief looks at the Malcolm X that a lot of people know, mm-hmm. but also to humanize him in a way that I, I don't think people do because he was so often held up as a way to raise Martin Luther King. Like, no, 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 this is Martin Luther King. He yeah. was better and we need like a foyle, right? Well, right. I think, yes. Malcolm, yeah. Malcolm X. But I think and that as a what result, you're speaking- Malcolm X never got, and, and still probably in many ways does, does not get the attention for what he was doing because for a lot of people to praise him or discuss him and talk about what he did right, might seem contrary to what Martin Luther King did, which mm-hmm. is not true no, if you really study the civil rights movement, but it yeah. doesn't fit in a narrative that you can exactly that you can answer in two minutes. Well, and, and I it's, think that's hurt him. I don't know if that's necessarily the um I think a lot of it comes down to what was what was the message that the that white America was willing to right one, one was Christian one wasn't well right? well yes that's part that's of it part too of it. But, yes but that's even, part of it yes but even in the way that Martin Luther King the the lens in which Martin Luther King is used now you know is it realistic. I, no, and I think there's no, been he's more. A, he's become an there's image there's been more light brought to this that like. The quotes that get pulled from him are the ones that are like, you know, we should all live together in harmony. Right. And that it's a very cherry picked, you know, moving away from the the struggle, the the yeah. the nest like that nonviolent protest doesn't mean everybody right. holding hands and singing kumbaya. Oh, like, I feel you, Katie. I feel you. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. even even Kingsley um Ben Adair said this. They said often the quotes that got pulled from Malcolm X, and when he got the most press, when he was the most fiery, what people never go back and look at, it was the day after a kid was murdered or mm-hmm. a bombing happened or something yeah. like that. And you don't get that. And I think David brought up another piece that has maybe um like shifted the way Malcolm X has been perceived, which is the nation of Islam went after him. He was disavowed by them. So there was there was nobody. And to give you an example, it was almost in in a much more watered down way, kind of what happened to the image of Hamilton, if you study history, which, Mm. you know, the Jeffersonians won. So it was like Hamilton was dead and they all hated him. So they were not going to stop at all. In fact, they were going to push this message. Let's belittle this guy. He was evil. He wasn't right. We're Mm going to push it. And he so Malcolm X was getting it 
honestly from both sides here. He was not was, getting the support. But, but I think that people. that has shaded his his legacy yeah. in terms of again, like growing up. And I can't say whether this is what I learned through school, through society. Um, I can't say that this was like conversation in my family necessarily, but I feel like the message that I got was Martin Luther King is who we should all look up to, at, you know, the Gandhi figure mm -hmm. of the American mm -hmm. history. And, you know, Malcolm X was a was a violent, you know, the, the like the, the he who should not be named. Like, I, yeah, I don't He's feel the like foil, the, yeah. the Voldemort. Yeah, right. the and the truth is he was angry. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Right. And everyone was angry. And most likely, Martin Luther King was just also as angry. angry. And saying some of the King same stuff. Was angry as hell as well. We yes. Just, and, know, we, just, and that's fine. That whole. is right. And that's fine. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's it's so interesting, too, because I remember, I remember a time growing up where, because um, it's like sometimes so hard to just even find these clips, you know, there was one speech he had, I think this was a little, you know, before he died. And I mean, he would, he like went off in this one speech. I mean, Oh, Martin Luther King. Oh yeah. Like he, the, when he, he started Vietnam war, I mean, people oh, exactly. there we go. He yes. go after the Vietnam war. Oh, oh. And it was amazing how quickly. And I thought that informs a lot of this movie too. Yes. He, where this idea that when Malcolm X is talking about it to Sam Cooke and he's like, well, listen, they'll like you now because you're playing this music that they mm -hmm. like and you're not mm -hmm. challenging them with any message. So they'll love you the second you challenge them with the message. Yeah. And that's actually towards the end of Martin Luther King's life, what he was doing. He exactly. Was with Vietnam he War. In fact, the worst place Martin Luther King ever went, the worst he was ever treated was in suburban Chicago. People think it was in Mississippi and Alabama. He's even said that he, you know, he did. He tried to integrate neighborhoods in Chicago. And if you want to see horrific racism, mm. and that's in, you know, the a key urban northern city it was horrific mm -hmm. what he was facing. And it, it informs what he's saying in this film, I think. And that's, and it is, you know, again, how much of this is like anything, how much of it was Malcolm X or Kemp Powers, you know, reading of Malcolm X. I right. do think the further we get away in history, the, the more we can come with a true understanding of who some of these people are because yeah. early history is so written in bias and not just race, <clears throat> all bias, right? Yeah. Just all of bias. Who yeah. People are until you can, it's almost like the historians are just studying trans. I think we can write the Trump history right now. <laughs> well, yes, there's some people, Jim, who are instantaneously. <laughs> David, what, uh, fin finish your thought. Though. Yeah, sorry. What, what, yeah. what were you? So, so, so a few things, cause like you guys are touching on a bunch of stuff that like, I even just wrote in my notes um, earlier today. So one thing I wanted to talk about, number one, real quick, was just about the whole nature of just how this play started and like, you know, why um, and like how, you know, it was fictionalized. I'll just put it to a simple quote. Kent Powers said, um, you know, his work of fiction is powered by truth. So, you know, factually speaking, yes, they really did hang out. But the arguments, the discussion making, it probably was nowhere near as dramatized or, or severe um, as it was in this film. And that's because of Ken Power saying, and, and I think Ryan mentioned this, they're based off of ideas, right? They're based off of not so much a focus on even them themselves in these conversations, but the ideas and, and, and about the transformative period of their lives that they wouldn't know 
they would have in that year prior or a few years um, prior. Um, going to Malcolm X real quick. I mean, the and even in you know um, Black History also, um, he's he's sometimes just been kind of just uh, minimized to being a uh, an Ebony magazine photo, right? I mean, every every uh, person at least my age, you know, we always recall the awesome black and white image where you know he's got his AK forty seven in his window and he's looking because you know he's got trouble with the FBI, he's got trouble with. Um, you know, the nation of Islam, those members and everything like that. And he just looks so cool. The family man, but also protecting his, you know, wife and children. And he's wearing a suit, right? I mean, just the most heroic looking picture, but it also does not tell the full story. And I, I go back to this really great episode um, that was on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it was the episode where, uh, you know, Will, <laughs> like, like most people, I'm sure in the early 90s or 80s, you know, they all, they all, all they think about was the great, cool, historical, iconic stuff about the civil rights movement, right? They don't, they, they, they can easily forget all the hard work it took to have those moments walking across the bridge in Washington, um, getting, uh, you, you know, civil rights voting acts passed, right? There was a lot of getting beat up, getting bit by dogs by a day-to-day -day basis, fear of their lives, right? So, in all, I think in all aspects of history and culture, we, I think sometimes relegate those massive things to just these images that we think of. And it was so much work um, that led up to those kinds of things, Yeah, you know? And, um, and even with like MLK, I mean, for me, that was something where I had to do that research on my own because you find yourself like, man, this guy was like amazing. And he was, but he was a very flawed human being. Um, there were a couple films I think I remember seeing or some references where, um, you know, he, he, he may have committed adultery, right? Like he may not have been well, always a man of faith, right? That, yeah, the, the role got too big at, in cases. He did oh, fall into That's the thing about being like, human, though, right? Like, exactly. Everybody, everyone is flawed. Yes. Every MLK movie, I would, I would argue in many respects, doesn't have the license, maybe, mm -hmm. that Regina King and Kent Powers had in this to show him as a person. Well, because you're I going guess. the other way, right? Like, yeah, and that's, for Malcolm X, you, you what you have to do is make him more realistic and 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 right. human. Yes, with Martin Luther King doing that moves him back on the on the scale of of, exactly. of deity, yeah. right? Right, yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and right. Yeah. it's too problematic. Yeah. The narrative right. becomes way too problematic. Right, well, no for, one. For, 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 for yeah. everybody, right? no one yeah. can gain anything from what? from no, like it would, let, it would be yeah. too. Yeah, it would it would it would become oh my god, what do we do now, right? Because and all, I mean, even just reflected on you know MLK Day last week, um, just the fact that like I think some people have this idea that like he like almost wanted to die, right? Like oh yeah. he died for like no he was murdered. Yeah, that's right? ridiculous. Like, 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 yeah, I'm gonna right? die. That's great. They kinda, uh, like they kind of give him this almost like dare I say like this like Jesus kind of complex, right? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like oh he. He died for all black people, you know? This is what he wanted. Like, no. Like, yeah. you know, he was a no, He wanted to he be there murdered. to raise his family. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you exactly. run into it, and though, yeah. and, and that's why, like, biopics often, you know, I was thinking of when we did Just Mercy, right? And I, this is not a straight-up biopic 
I think Just Mercy was probably a little bit more of a biopic. But it's again, sure. we've had this discussion before of like, how can you humanize people? And they mm-hmm. do that in this movie. I think in a really powerful way, they're not yeah. afraid to show each character's flaws, but also I think I mean, it's something that it, I think media is getting a little bit better at. But Mm -hmm. this almost monotheistic, when I teach the civil rights movement, this assumption that every black person thinks the same. And I always tell kids, I'm like, does every white person think the same? And it's so many of movies for so long or TV shows. And and we're starting to get much more diversity. And I think streaming Mm -hmm. sites, we're already seeing it, right? I mean, there's a nuance. There's nuance. Yeah, now. But a film that shows that nuance, I think is wildly important, especially for people not a part of that community to understand that everybody isn't the same because so often that is the message that we're given. And they do that, I think, so well. I think it might be the strength of this movie, ultimately, if I took a takeaway from it, in the way in which no character is one dimensional. Well, and, and there, there's that, in that way. the moment between Cassius and Sam in the car where Cassius summarizes like, here are the ways that we are the same, right? Like mm-hmm. we are, we are prominent members of the black community, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are at kind of like the top of an arc. Um, and yet you, you have that moment in the middle of seeing how differently they approach this moment in their personal lives this moment in american history the responsibility that they feel you know and so it's this really cool little clip where it it kind of like blows the moment up for you to see all the perspectives coming into it like let's be honest muhammad ali and cassius clay all he needs to do is win and that is the end game like he doesn't need to do anything else but win He's obviously obsessed with wrestling, which is I thought was an amazing <laughs> add to this movie. I wrestling. Very true, I wrestling. loved it. I loved it. I loved him talking about being a heel and like throwing into that. But Sam Cook needs to do something different. Yeah. To get where he got, he needed to sell records to white people. Yep. Yeah. And and it made him and I don't want to say it made him compromise his thing because I don't I don't think I don't think that's what I don't he, think that's what Malcolm X and I don't think that's what the movie was trying to say. But I think the movie was trying to say that like <clears throat> he was maybe playing it a little safe and doing sure. he was still a Babe Ruth talent of singing and yeah. and of music, right? And when you see him take that step across the line at the end of this film But it's measured. I think that's yeah, that's what inc- you're so I think that's what you're though. called to yeah. to think through is like that th- there that does have to be a game plan for right. him right where it's like you know he has to think through like how soon is too soon for me to come out with right. the music that is like truly expressing and my then, experience and then you see Malcolm watching it and not only is Malcolm I, I don't get the feeling that Malcolm is just watching it and smiling and saying like you get it you get it now right I think he's he's also understanding like Oh, my way was not the way for Sam. Yes. But Sam found his own way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's so, there's so many things just to even unpack with just a few of what things of what you were saying, right? I'm trying to make sure I can keep track of all of them, right? 
So like number one, um, it's entirely intentional, right? As far as humanizing Malcolm X, because this was this was the this was the defining period in his life. It's the period in his life that basically, you know, stamped his 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 death certificate, unfortunately, tragically, because he finally saw as a real believer of what you know Elijah Muhammad taught him, um, that this this just isn't the way, right? You know, our leader is poison. You know, he's he's having, you know, multiple um, affairs with multiple women. And yeah, um, just, you know, none of the things that that like are what made um, Malcolm Little, a.k.a. Malcolm X, um, become who he was. Right. He was a true believer. And I think it's so intentional to put him in this phase of where he is doubting himself, even though he's trying to portray this whole confident or, you know, around everyone, you know, around everyone else. Um, it, it's like genius to put a, put it right there because anyone can relate to that. You know, you don't have to be white I, or Asian. Well, and there's, I have to say, from a Christian yeah, perspective, yeah. right? So, like, it's so easy for us as Catholic. Christians, well, but to, to subscribe to Martin Luther King's belief right, system, right. right? But the message that Malcolm X sends of you can still have your beliefs and question the human institution that you're a Absolutely. part of and Absolutely. call people out when they're not executing the the actual <laughs> message of love and understanding, you know, like, right. and how difficult that's been within our most established human institutions right. for people to say that. Catholic Church. And Malcolm X is like, you know, you, you look at the end of his life and the road that it led to, you know, he's not a cautionary tale. You know, I always look at, you know, you take away the tragedy of it all. This is the story of bravery. This yeah. is the story of sticking to your, your principles as if, you know, you, you have to turn away from your own father. Right. I mean, you, you know, we put, got to put the context of this. I mean, he was lost uh, after going to prison and everything. I mean, Going back to that point, like this guy was a true believer. I don't recall any stories where he went the opposite direction of his own faith. Um, and it's just sad that, you know, after um, the, you know, the events of that movie, when we look at the timeline, um, this isn't, you know, this isn't too far away from when he actually dies. Yeah. And the sad part about it is, is that after he left the nation of Islam officially, you know, he went to, um, he went like on a, on a, uh, pilgrimage. Uh, well, yes, there we go. Some form of a version of that. I'm trying to remember what it was, but he basically, you know, went to Mecca mm -hmm. and he found out that European looking people were Muslims, right? The early forms of the United Arab Emirates basically is where he visited. He visited the Egyptian president. And the fact that when he was coming back to America, those kinds of things changed. I, I saw an interview that he did that I found on YouTube because I was just, I was just going through a whole um, list of films on MLK Day. I was watching X, Selma, all all those films all over again. I was even watching Get Out again, you know, because that's such a great movie. Um, <laughs> but just that it was just too late, you know, it was just too late. And and so um, going back to what you guys were talking about, the fact that the movie teaches you like. Not all black people are the same. They are very different in a lot of ways. But there's that commonality that, and Sam Cooke was like a Christian, right? He was raised by a pastor. Uh, Ken Powers talked about he admired Malcolm X. I mean, they all like knew each other often like pretty well. And the thing that Sam Cooke was drawn to, of course, 
probably had nothing to do with his religious faith because they were complete opposites. Um, but it was basically his politics about black self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. That was the key. That was the commonality of, you know, we, we, we are trying to navigate and figure out how to be black in America, how to not die being black in America, how to provide and, and create a better life for black America, both for ourselves and future generations and black people. They didn't even know. They didn't know that they were going to be impacted because you find yourself having that kind of responsibility. Right. I mean, I look at even when you look at Barack, right. At Barack being this like very polarizing African-American president, I'm not so sure that there's another chance yeah. and it, it's completely unfair. Right. But it's, it's kind of just that standard that just continues and continues yeah. and you yeah. have to kind of just pick up the next torch and don't screw it up. Well, that's what I thought was unfair about Malcolm playing Bob Dylan and saying like this is what you should be doing because he's right. like we got a, a white boy from from Minnesota, Minnesota saying right. this and you know and I'm like yeah he had nothing to fucking lose yeah he could do that right <laughs> I mean, right so his risk to do that yes I mean, speaking, of, speaking opposite, of that actually right? his risk this to is a... do that makes him famous <laughs> yes right. Sam Cook doing it probably would end his career yeah right his career so, so this is a great um like historical fact moment that I thought was fascinating. So number one, definitely the movie plays around with a lot of events that fit certainly the need of the narrative. I think it still works, but sure. Right. Um, Well, one Sam cook was actually very um, uh, socially uh, politically conscious. Uh, His, his, his one song, the chain gang, which was years prior, I believe from a change is going to come is an example of that. Um, I think what, what I also read up on though was that he certainly did like Bob Dylan's uh, Blowing in the Wind. Matter of fact, he actually did a cover for it. That's how much he liked it. Um, he apparently never actually discussed that ever with uh, Malcolm X, but I think what Ken Powers said though was, was that you could definitely tell that Malcolm X's influence on him was enough that you could believe that he was probably thinking, damn, like Bob Dylan just wrote a song that I should have wrote. Like that's what apparently Sam Cooke said. He said, as a black man, I should have written that. Mm. Um, and so it's it's also funny. He did actually sing that song on television, but it was actually years earlier. Well, not years earlier, probably like months earlier than the actual setting of One Night in Miami in the first place. So okay. it is interesting um, because it, it kind of, it, there's, a, there's a ton going on. I mean, Malcolm X's influence on Sam Cooke is definitely um, build it, uh, built on um, and it, it's it's such a funny kind of um, juxtaposition because of course, right? Fire and brimstone, Malcolm X and yeah. Sam Cooke. That's like you know the first artist making his own label happen. Oh, absolutely. You know, which was massive. That was huge, huge. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Just those kinds of facts, though. That like I was like, okay, wow. You know, um, but certainly change is going to come. Change the game. Uh, yeah. Right, but but even to to Sam's point earlier in the movie, and I, and we can move on because I know we're getting along. But <laughs> like when he's t- when Malcolm's telling him you need to do more with your voice, mm-hmm. Sam's saying like I'm doing more with my business. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. when you look at like where hip hop is now, and mm-hmm. who owns those labels, and who like the prominent, and I, I I don't know that that Sam influenced all that, but he had to be a part of it. Oh, right, like absolutely influence, and that. that's yeah, and absolutely. that's big, and and 
I don't want to belittle what Gordy Malcolm's Barry, saying. He probably influenced Gordy Barry. Right. That's a prime example. Motown. Model for but like, think of like yeah, Dr. Dre. Right? Like, yeah. like Dre get, Dre's a billionaire now, right? Like yeah. getting into Apple. Hip hop artists yes. are billion. Dr. Dre, yep. Jay Z, Puff oh Daddy. Right. But, I mean, that was something that I was astounded by in the sense of, I mean, you're talking about guys where, from an objective standpoint, I'm sure. And especially outside of the black community and probably even within it, these aren't exactly like your greatest role models in terms of the lyrics, um, the culture. Everybody's a lot of them have openly talked about, Oh, I sold drugs, you know, but don't do that kids. Right. But it's just amazing though, that, that, that entrepreneurial spirit, that idea of the same thing I'm rapping about. I actually have to live. Yeah. You know, that certainly guys like Sam cook, uh, paved the way. Yeah. And and I thought that was super important that like it is interesting. It's brought up. It's interesting. David, you got to go watch Ma Rainey because when, yes. when we do Ma Rainey, it carries on this same idea. Yeah. Continued conversation there. We have to put a pin in this, but I want to yes. just wrap on one of my favorite scenes, which was Malcolm retelling his first meeting oh. with Sam Cooke. I loved that scene where he's standing at the door watching Sam deal with what seems like a like the worst situation for a musician where his his power's been cut. He's got a huge crowd in front of him oh, and he yep. gets them to start the chain gang. You know, beef. which I love that right. they use the song. Oh which, my again, god! Was this example of his early it, work. That and I love that you get, get you get Leslie. You know, we haven't really talked about he how was, Leslie Odom oh, Jr. Phenomenal. He shines in this film. Yeah. He's a scene stiller. Yeah, sure. and you know, and it, I think it's tricky for like for musicians, for for <laughs> stage actors, like you know, like somehow that kind of all falls away. Like Aaron Burr falls away and like he is Sam Cooke. He's <laughs> in an, film. In the moments he's not singing, he's an incredible actor. Yes, he is. He Amazing. needs yes, to he be is. in more things. Yeah, he yep. should be in more things. Yeah. And, and also I think the end montage to me shows what Regina can be as a director moving forward when yeah. she has projects to herself. I think yeah. this Jim made a point several episodes ago when he said, you know, like Little Women isn't going to be probably the movie we think of for one Greta, of our favorites. Greta Gerwig. Greta. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean it's not a great film, but it's, you know, you're working off of somebody else's like intellectual mm-hmm. property, yeah. mm-hmm. but you can see what she's going to be able to be. Oh, like, she's now Regina yeah. King, like I see this and I'm like, I just want to see her yeah. with something wholly yeah. original You're that right. she crafts from the like i feel when like this you... was a passion project for her that she probably loved she loved the play it was yeah. such a power like i want her to just be free to just take something as a mm-hmm. piece of art where she's this not was a vehicle tied to yeah, yeah. not tied to the anything cinematography of those what those last four scenes so mm-hmm. when you think about the visual like muhammad ali standing in his black suit in front of the nation of islam with the women in white and the mm-hmm. men in black like that visual and then the empty chair for Malcolm yeah. and then Which to he split. Did. He turned his, he, he uh, there, split. It was they like, was... it gave you the chills yeah. though. And then Malcolm in his shorts and robe with his gun protecting his family as his house burns down. Like I, I yep. there, I, there was such power. Was like those were like, before he died. those yeah. were like yeah. 10 second, Awful. I don't know, 10 second, 15 second little scenes and but the brilliant. impact that they had in their composition, mm-hmm. 
there was no there weren't really any words in them they were mostly visual um yeah. it was incredible the ending of that yeah. film might be one of my favorite endings to a movie it's, it, it's a gut punch and, and real quick too just to give a, you know we talked about sam you know malcolm uh, ali jim brown i actually yes. learned a lot more about in this story real quick you know Love um jim brown understanding that like he was very notable for investing in black owned companies he was one of those first guys those major figures where he was talking about buy black, you know, buy buy this. I'm gonna invest my money. Um, I think certainly his characterization in terms of you know the lifestyle he had, he's not exactly probably the most you know biggest role model. I think anyone <laughs> wants their kids to be you know complete, just like booze, women, yeah. um, you know, money, just you know, uh, you know, the football guy. I mean, there's a lot of elements to you know his life that I'm sure have very high and uh, downs, high you know high high ups and down lows, um, but he, he was very, he was very much a big deal um, when it came to those kinds of ideas about black self-empowerment that I didn't know. I recall maybe a couple movies that he, I saw of him um, in uh, his acting career, but, you know, my stories of him in the NFL was really because my, you know, my grandfather, who's James Brown, <laughs> the other James Brown, the other James Brown, right? <laughs> uh, I know there's like three or four of them. Um, but just how he, you know, how he just, right. Like, but just how he played the game, you know, like I just recalled the learning best. about him through there. So that was one thing, certainly that I, I had he to was Hank Aaron. educated about. He I mean, was yes, one of the best yes, athletes ever. Yeah. You know, like, oh yeah. Syracuse period. I mean, greatest Syracuse. athlete. He was NFL. also yep. the best lacrosse player. I mean, he could have been the he best. Was, he still he the, was amazing. He, he still, he's still like 13th on the all time rushing list. Yeah, I mean, he was. Oh, like, and because he retired early. Right? right. I mean, this guy to do movies, which was a brilliant, like, and by the way, he's great in yes. some of his stuff. Yes. <laughs> his stuff, he was yes. unbelievable yes. in his stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, um, David, you've got to come back. I mean, we oh, could, we could talk this, for hours. This is, awesome. this is <laughs> I know I, we could have done like a whole extra two hour. Like, yep. There's so much, so much. But I part think one the of three. Line, yes, right. <laughs> I think the bottom line is is that we gotta have these conversations. You yep. know, we. I don't. I don't think anything at this point. I mean, can you really say anything at this point is too taboo? Um, you know, like I, I found myself in a room full of, you know, like even Trump supporters sometimes, you know, and I'm just like, all right, we're going to go there. Then I'm going to bring it right. Like I'm, you know, here's the facts about this. Here's the facts about that. Not that everything, you know, they say is lies, but just the fact of you don't find yourself thinking like, Ooh, I'm going to sit in a room and, you know, take this and take that and explain, a, especially, you know, like white people, like this is, this is how it really is. But it's like, we got to get to a point where we can have conversations because they're so important. At the end of the day, we are all human beings. Um, and I don't fault a lot of people for even like you said, um, you just didn't know. Right. I mean, that priority of not going over all kinds of history. Yeah. Well, all Americans. Right. And, I mean, and that's, that's why it's so important that we reevaluate what, what curriculum we we're to. teaching, yeah. right? We like what's to. the perspective that we're teaching we from? To. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, and, David, yeah. you can't you can't leave without us asking you five questions. Yes. All right. Let's, Here we go. let's do it. <laughs> uh, do we have do we have oh, music? We also have to, hold on. Hold on. Hold this on. is not that we have to do our King of the Hill. We know oh this is the bottom of the okay. barrel. This okay. movie is nowhere near no. rad. No. Rad, rad, rad is still, still at the, the worst bottom movies. of the barrel. It will be for some time. The question is uh, better than Tenet. For Katie, Katie. it is. Yeah, oh, th this is easily. this is my King of the easily. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and we know David's a popcorn guy. Yes. A popcorn movie guy. 
I love Tenant, but yeah, no. No, this, this is, is for me. Game. This is this is better than Tenant. Okay. And I don't know whether that's me. My expectations for Tenant were way out of whack, but they were way too high for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just doesn't. And again, let me just be real clear here. I love Tenant. Yeah. Like this isn't a this isn't a thing of saying like you know Tenant like suck. I love that movie and I've accepted like what it is a beautiful mess. Um, you know, like a, just in a beautiful it's like, like a Bond you know, movie, right? Break it's your Bond brain. Movie yeah, makes no sense. It's the just more I, right, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, okay, uh, all right, okay, you know. Um, but but the, this this movie was just just it just did so many things on so many levels. Yeah. It brought to light so much truth, um, so much raw perspective of you know we are not all the same, but we we still have these commonalities and and for um having that creativity to make a room of four people you know i i was like i i don't know where this is gonna go are they really gonna keep me this entertained even though i know these guys they managed to do it so yeah, yeah. agreed all right, right brian so, what do you think uh yeah i'm i'm back and forth it doesn't matter because there's enough of uh, enough votes for it uh, to but you still have to say what you think uh <laughs> i would probably re-watch Tenant before I would rewatch this, okay. but that's yes, that's fair. That's I'm, still trying to figure, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell's going on in Tenant. Yep, so. yep. right. <laughs> so maybe well, it just why. it just hits different. It just hits yeah. different yeah. feelings. It's right? Different things. I, mean, I think yeah. It's the 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 value of this movie obviously so exceeds what mm -hmm. the geek film lover in me just constantly is watching Tenet try to figure out how yes. the hell yes. they film yes. some yeah. of it. So that's probably a different reason, but. Uh, one night Miami will become king of the hill. Yeah, king of the and hill. Rad, did you and know rad, that? Of course. Also, Christopher Montesani got real old. From oh, this. he sure did. <laughs> oh God, those I little did. Italian men love boxing. Well, me and Katie were discussing <laughs> what is what is with the like the little little old Italian men in Italy. Men. We need the story. Yeah. You, and you know what's so funny about that too? What's what's so funny about that too is, and I talked about this a little bit in some of the notes I wrote, but I can definitely wrap that up in almost a sentence. Um, it's it's amazing that. Muhammad Ali was extremely outspoken, yeah. unapologetic about it. He did not give two fucks, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. But he somehow managed to balance that with having, you know, two European guys in his back corner and a bunch of Caucasian fans as well who clearly still like this guy. Yep. You know, that is a gift in itself because he was, you know, he was speaking his truth, but it wasn't in a way that was so polarizing as you would kind of almost juxtapose with, with X. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, and he's like, even the interviews, everything historically, he's like a special personality, right? Like, Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Muhammad Ali like, is yeah. like the, maybe the most magnetic personality ever that you could see. Like, sure. Yeah. It, it, People yeah, were drawn to the him. ultimate shit yeah. talker. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but in a way that made you love him. Yeah. Like, he was endearing. Exactly. Yeah. Not exactly. even better than Gorgeous George, who he mentioned. Exactly. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And Get he was about black empowerment, right? But yes. he didn't scare off. He didn't scare off his 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 the guys in his corner, though. Yeah. No. You know, and that's a gift. So, yeah. oh. All right. Five, five questions. questions. Here we go. Here we go. Right. I want the truth. man, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Why? 
All right. Five question time. And Katie is asking David the questions this week. Here we go. All right, David, we're going to start with a hard hitting question. Thumbs up or thumbs down on bow ties? Uh, I think that sometimes they, they look pretty well, but I don't think I would see myself wearing a bow tie. So probably a thumbs down. I think you could totally pull off like a bow tie. Yeah, I hate ties. You know what? I, you, I, honestly, I, I don't like ties yeah. at all. Like I've even gambled my future away not wearing a tie to a to an interview. You know, I just love the collar out. I feel um, like bow ties are for like really slender men. Oh, yeah. And David's got like broad yeah. shoulders, an athletic yeah. build guy. Strong. You can't, pull you can't wear you like a little it. bow tie. You need something. Yes. Yeah. You, <laughs> All right. You either got to wear yep. open, open the collar and, and break yes. that white or whatever yes. shirt up. And, and, and my, yeah. my dad does real estate. I mean, you know, he's, he's always wearing a suit. I, if I, if I can get away with not wearing a suit, I'll yeah. do it because I just, I cannot stand ties. Yeah. yeah. Same, same for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. This is it's my uniform now. I was just seeing a picture somebody posted of like their dad wearing a tie that they made for them when they were in first grade. And I just had this moment of thinking about you, like when the kids have events and like, he's never wearing oh, a tie again. Yeah. He right. is over day, wearing a tie. That's it. Done oh, with the was ties. Was the last time you wore a tie Kieran's baptism, Jim? Oh yeah, my God. Definitely. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A year ago. Yeah, we could count ago. the times in like our marriage ago, yeah. on on oh, it's boy. wedding weddings and christenings, probably. And that's some it. weddings, no. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> if you can get away with it, no yeah. tie. All right. Number two. Uh would you rather, David, would you rather travel back in time to watch Muhammad Ali fight or to watch Malcolm X speak? No question, watch Malcolm X speak. There are so many questions I would have uh for him, and I, I think I think it would it would just be a privilege to have gotten to, to see him talk um, just seeing like his interviews, because again, right. A lot of times you kind of grow up on those little tidbits, those little, you know, cherry pick quotes and stuff, seeing a, a actual interview of him on a black and white television set where he's talking to uh, like white co-hosts on a show, how he carried himself. I mean, all of it, it would have been so, so cool to have gotten to see up close and, and to take some form of that to emulate because that guy was a very um, gifted intellectual. Yeah. All right. Fill in the blank question. The best city I have ever visited is? New York City. But I haven't traveled too far anyway, so I'm sure I would say L.A. if I went there, but. No, you no, would you not. Wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> L.A. is, no. a, is not Skip it. a great so city. Skip it. No. <laughs> All the TV shows are lying. Yeah, no. no, no, go, no. go back to New York. <laughs> you, you don't even want to go to the beach. Go, maybe go to San Francisco. The water's yeah. too go cold. To San Diego? Go okay. to San Diego. Yeah. Oh, San Diego is, a, yeah, is an amazing That's place. where you want to go. Yes, San Francisco is great. Go, you don't, go, you don't go need LA. LA is Venice. a soulless place. <laughs> yep. So and, true. Yeah. Okay. Now that we've given you travel advice. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite Regina King character or creation? Okay, so this movie is like a, it's like a, almost like a family tradition now we do. It's called This Christmas. Uh, she is awesome. She plays a, um, um, a mom. She's like, I think the third or second oldest out of like the five uh, Dandridge children. Um, and she, she, you know, she reminds me a lot of my mom, both, I think on camera and off camera. Um, and she, she just has so many <gasps> iconic moments. Oh my God, David, film. we just pulled yes. up the cast list to this movie. I can't believe we haven't watched this. Idris, Delroy Lindo, 
Idris, yes. who is my husband. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, you know, I love you. What? Um. Oh my gosh, we've got to watch yep. this. Oh yeah. No, um, Mackay Pfeiffer's in this it movie. Could be on yes. Christmas movie this year. We Chris need Brown? a Christmas mm-hmm. movie for this year. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what, guys. You you guys do this Christmas. I will be in. Yes! Yeah. Oh, no, you will be on. Oh, you're going to be our guest. <laughs> that <could laughs> That's be. it. With it. You're I'm booked. Like, that is a that is a family <laughs> classic. It's a family classic. Um, completely right. underrated movie. Um, with all of its silliness, it's it's just great. Oh, I can't wait I to watch it. it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm just thinking about it just for a minute. I have I got an Idris coloring book uh, for Christmas. <laughs> that exists. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it's does. like oh, just everything exists. It's on just the fantastical like, scenes of him doing different so things. Funny. One is like him just being a DJ with like two turntables and headphones on. Oh yeah, he did have a Netflix show. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it's great! It's great. That was yeah. based on his. All right, I'm going to start coloring now. Just get re- get ready for Christmas. Our episode. All right. Uh, last question is deep yes. thoughts, David. Okay. Out of the four main characters, whose viewpoint do you most relate to? Huh. So I, I, you know, I know you, you know, I remember trying to think about like how I was going to answer this. Um, part of me felt like certainly um, a, the personality that that matches a lot with um, Malcolm X to some degree. I think the fire and brimstone that he brings out, I certainly, I feel like could, could definitely strongly relate. Um, I'm just not as bold. I think as he'll, he, he ever was, but I think certainly overall, I'd probably have to be Sam cook. I mean, I think, I think for me growing up, the, the idea was always, you know, you number one, it's the code switching. You know, you, you have to kind of adjust um, to like what your environment is. And I feel like that's something that I think Sam Cooke just, I think overall just tried to do, you know, like I'm not going to be almost too, too black. Right. Especially when you're now, when I'm thinking about it, you got all these other different examples, right? Which one are you going to be? You know, are you going to scare off white people? Or are you going to be able to say, hey, look, guys, kumbaya. Um, and, you know, I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm going to try to be here anyway. Um, but I think mostly it's just he looked at finding a way to help the black community. Um, maybe he wasn't holding picketed signs like MLK. Um, maybe he didn't have an AK-47, you know, looking through his window. But to me, wealth doesn't see color. You know, I, I think um, the the most important color at that point is green. And so that to me is how you really create uh, social and economic mobility because, you know, you, you, you really, I think that's like been the crux as far as I look at it in the African-American community is just being able to own things and know it's okay to own things and fight to own things. You know, I think that that's made the difference. I think across the board, that's something that my grandparents always told me. And I think that's, that's how you build a legacy. So the beautiful things that like, you know, like Serena Williams, right. Teaching her daughter about owning a sports team. That's massive, massive, whether it was a son or a daughter, right. Just a massive undertaking because it, it just lifts your mind. It, mm. it tells you that your ceiling there is none, right? Yep. Like it's like the matrix. There is no spoon. Yeah. Um, so, so I think certainly Sam Cook, I think matches a lot of that where you, you know, you're, you're just trying to always find that fine line, you, you know, are you doing enough? Are you not doing enough? Um, are you too polarizing? Are you too compromising? Right. So definitely. Yeah. I think Sam Cook's journey throughout the film, at least um, definitely, I feel like matches who I relate with the most. 
I, I'm just going to say this now and no, no disrespect to any of our other guests, but the one com major we've had is the best guest. <laughs> are you going to change the Thank requirements you. for all future guests? Thank now? You. In, in, we are often in, underrated. In the, in the deep thoughts question foolish. about which, which icon of the black community in the sixties did he most relate to? He dropped a matrix. <laughs> A major dress. <laughs> That's what you got. That's, That's your reason. I, I grew up. I'll tell you I guys. Really I was with that matrix thank you. drop. Right yeah, there. that well, was. Thank a, you. That yeah. was. That was just. You know, just, just, <laughs> just. That's boom. how your you brain know, works. You have an That's idea in your head, That's... and then you know those things come out. Honestly, you know, I I blame my parents. Like my parents <laughs> exposed me to a ton of things. There's people that are like Dave. What do you mean you've watched that? What? What are you talking about? You know. Um, Seeing the Matrix was like one of the coolest things ever. I was like eight years old, seeing a rented R movie. You know, I was a mature kid, so I got away with it. Um, but they, I'm a but seriously, you were eight years I, old when the Matrix came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah we that were doesn't make me feel old. <laughs> but just sure sorry, like guys. You know, <laughs> but but no, but just just that. You know, I don't know if it was ever intentional, but my parents they they exposed me to everything, yeah. everything, and and so. It's it's definitely made me who I am and and I just love it. I love it. So Oh, we love you. Thank you. David, thank awesome. you we'll so you much soon, for joining of us. Of course. Uh and we will be back next yeah. time. Bye everybody. Bye commenters. Bye, everybody. Guys. Thanks for having me. This was awesome.